are now listening to a very special message from Joy Community Church. Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to man in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise in Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms." according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Napoleon's army was camped on the hills above the border town of Federich, uh, Austria, poised to attack. On Easter Sunday morning, the citizens met to decide whether to try to defend themselves or surrender. And the pastor rose and addressed the frightened people and said, friends, we have been counting on our own strength, and apparently that has failed. Since this day is the day of our Lord's resurrection, let us just ring the bells, have our services, and leave the matters in God's hands. We know only our weakness and not the power of God to defend us. The people agreed, and the church bells rang. 
Napoleon's army heard the sudden peal of bells and mistook that for jubilation over the arrival of the Austrian army. Before the service ended, they retreated. The Apostle Paul didn't want the Ephesians to rely upon their own strength, but to place their trust in the power of God. In this one chapter, the word power, almighty God, is spoken four times. Paul prayed for the Ephesian believers to experience revival power. This is the igniting power, the creative power, the creative force of God's majestic hand at work in people. And this brought about from an intensification of the presence and the power of Jesus Christ. The emphasis in this prayer, verses 14 to 21, which is the second prayer from verse, uh, chapter 1 to 3, emphasizes that, um, that God shares his power with us so that we can bring glory to him through the body of Christ, the local church. He wanted them to grasp the power of God's love at a spiritual level, not a theological or a knowledge level. People know about God's love. People have a theological idea about God's love. But that's not what this chapter is talking about. This is talking about a transforming love. This is talking about a love of sacrifice. This is talking about a love that can actually save through the grace of God, a love that will go after the most unlikely individual and save their souls. That's the type of love he's talking about and how it's able to defend them and cause them to defeat the principalities and the powers that are in the heavenly realms. And he mentions that in the earlier part of the chapter. We're going to concentrate this morning on verses 14 down to 21. And as I thought about those verses, I realized that we're encouraged by Paul to develop and maintain God's perspective on our lives as we experience his daily power at work within our lives. Somebody came in this morning with a perspective of who they were based upon the condition of their lives. People came in with a perspective of God based upon defeat within their lives. People came in based upon the wonderful week they had in Jesus. That perspective changed their day. So whether you have a victory mentality and perspective of God or defeat of a defeatist mentality of who God is. In this chapter, God is saying, no, who Christ is in you is the place from the perspective in which you should live your life. That's what he's talking about. And so he's going after this and wants to see a change within them. You can experience the power of God through these four uh, areas, these four keys that I want to talk about, these four areas of power. And you see in verses 14 to 15 that Paul starts with the power of humble prayer. I didn't say humble pie. I said humble prayer. And Paul prayed that the Ephesians uh, would identify and be rooted in the eternal truths 
and in God's present power that actually dwelt within them. They were all, they were being actually highly educated on the things of the Lord, and he wanted to be careful and put some guardrails in, in, in place so that they wouldn't just base everything on an uh, intellectual basis. He wanted an actual, tangible interaction, interface with them and God. That's what he was after. And so he starts uh, this humble prayer, and he tells us that uh, in verse 14, excuse me, for this reason, for this reason, I'm kneeling before the Lord and I'm about to pray so that who you are will be established with inside of you based upon the power of God's grace, the power of God's love, the power of the Holy Ghost that's at work in you at this current moment. And so he's asking them that through this humble prayer, that there be a reverence in their heart for the things of the Lord, and that they would express their reverence through a submissive behavior. And actually, chapter 5 talks about that submissive behavior, but he's getting them ready for what he has in mind. I like how Paul does it. He knows how to set us up for where he wants to take us. And it's through the power of humble prayer that we lay hold of God's riches, which enables us to behave like Christians and to actually warfare like Christians. Because this whole book is about overcoming powers and principalities in the heavenly realms. And he's saying that one of the things that disrupts even humble prayer is the principalities and powers of darkness. They want to shut down any... Any opportunity you have to pray, he'll discourage that. He'll redirect that. He'll tell you you don't have time with that. He'll tell you, really, it's not that essential because you prayed for it before and nothing came about. That's what he does. And he's saying, wait, 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 that doesn't come. Humble prayer doesn't come from circumstances. Humble prayer begins inside of who you are in Christ. If you're not praying, Christ in you is the hope of glory. And he will stimulate, he will stir the necessary faith that you require to move forward in the circumstances. You have to understand, this church was under a lot of attack. This church was under a lot of theological attack, a lot of demonic worship was happening in Ephesus. It was one of the most wealthiest cities. And so they were very, very worldly minded. And Paul is wanting to redirect the way they're thinking about themselves, God, and society. And he's really saying there's power to humble prayer. Louise Redden, a poor dressed lady with a look of defeat on her face, walked into a grocery store. She approached the owner of the store in the most humble manner and asked if he would let her charge a few groceries. She softly explained that her husband was very ill and unable to work, and they had seven children and they needed food immediately. The grocery store owner scoffed at her and requested that she leave his store. Visually, the family needs, she said, please, sir, 
I'll bring you the money just as soon as I can. The store owner told her that he could not give her credit as she did not have a, a charge account in his store. Standing beside the counter was a customer who overheard the conversation between the two. And the customer walked forward and told the grocery owner that he would stand good for whatever she needed for her family. He would pay the bill. The grocery owner said to the, with a very reluctant voice, do you have a grocery list? Louise replied, yes, sir, yeah. Okay, he said, put your grocery list on that scale, and whatever your grocery list weighs, I'll give you that amount of groceries. So she hesitated for a moment, and then she bowed her head, and then she reached into her purse and took out a piece of paper and scribbled something on it quickly. And then she laid the piece of paper on the scale carefully with her, he with, with her head bowed in humility. The eyes of the grocer and the customers showed amazement when the scales went down and stayed down. The grocer, staring at the scales, turned slowly to the customer and said, begrudgingly, I can't believe it. Well, the customer smiled at, and the grocer started putting groceries on the other side of the scales. The scale did not balance. So he continued to put more and more groceries on the scales, and they still would not rise. He stood there in utter disgust. Finally, he grabbed the piece of paper from the scales, and he looked at it with great amazement. It was not a grocery list at all. It was a prayer which said, Dear Lord, you know my needs, and I'm leaving this in your hands. The grocer gave her the groceries, and then he gathered and placed that he had gathered on the scales and stood in, as he was stunned in silence. She thanked him and walked out the store, knowing she left it in God's hands. Humble prayer is leaving it in God's hands. Did we not talk about that all morning? I mean, yes. We sang about it. We worshiped about it. And we can come with humble boldness to request from God with a spirit of expectancy. He knows your needs, and you can leave your situations in his hands. We see in verse 16 and 17, where Paul is addressing, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your in, inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And we look at this and there's another aspect of power that's available. And that is power through God's inner strength. And this power is based upon several things related to grace. Because in your weakness, his what? Grace is sufficient. 
It's the sufficiency of God that is your strength. It's the sufficiency of grace released. And then because they're dealing with so many principalities and powers that are in, uh, influence the church of Ephesus, he's telling them that the grace gifts of God that are, are, are within you, those are also added strengths to your life. Don't think you're ill-equipped to live this life. Don't think you're, uh, you're unspiritual because you lack strength. I'm saying to you that there's power in inner strength as you tap into the grace of God. Every day we need to ask God for more grace. Every day we need to come to him expecting his grace to make up the difference. Every day we need to pray. I pray each day for an anointing of God to touch the grace gifts that he's put in my life. I don't want to just live my life ineffective. I want to make sure that I'm, when I'm with others or I'm in situations that God can call upon me at any time and that I have enough faith that should he ask me to do something for the kingdom of God, that even though I'm intimidated, even though I feel weak, even though I feel lethargic, even though, no, I'm going to tap into the grace gifts that he's poured into me. I'm going to say, use me now. Use me now. Now, that's a frame of thought. That's an attitude of understanding there's power in, in the inner strength that comes from the grace of God. God's strengthening only happens through the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to release that grace within us and to admit to the Holy Spirit, I can't do this. This is overwhelming. This requires more faith. This requires an intervention in the supernatural manner that I don't have on my own. It's okay to admit you need the grace of God. You don't look excited about that thought. Well, I hope you need it this week then. The riches of God's glory show that the believer can draw upon God's power at any time, any place, and any circumstances. The riches, that means the riches in God's glorious power and the riches in God's glory mean there's no limitation to God's provision of grace. There, whenever you need it, there's a, an abundance of it. You don't have to stand up and say, oh, I got too much yesterday. No, 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 no. You say, I need more today. I need more grace today. I'm dealing with so-and-so right now. I need more grace right now. That's what I say when I get Pastor Frank comes in. I need grace right now. It says, he says in verse 17, may dwell in your hearts. That's a beautiful picture. Because what he's after there, he's talking about the inner strength, right? And that dwelling means a decision to have total, a total place, a habitation within us. The Holy Spirit is saying, 
I so long to have you move in an inner strength that I want to dwell with you consistently and I want to dwell with you in such a manner that my grace, my power is so tangible, there's no, it removes all doubt, all fear, all double-mindedness, all apprehension, it comes in and it dwells in you. And what happens with the riches and the glory in Christ Jesus is that this confident thing, what? I am confident of this very thing. What thing? The thing that grace began in me. I am confident of this thing that he who began a good work will complete it based not upon my own strength, but his grace. I love that. That means I'm more capable of moving in the power of God than I thought. And he's saying, so there's power of God's inner strength that you have access to, to experience God in a new way. Matthew Henry said this, we will attain and be established in love as we devote the affections of our souls. He's talking about the indwelling of God. At, that's what he's talking about in the word soul. The indwelling within you, this, your soul, your emotional, mental, intellectual being, I, God in Christ. We are to carefully maintain a constant love for God in our souls. And he's saying when you actually invite the grace of God into your life, you then actually open up the doorway to receive the love that's necessary to sustain you. It, it, it goes hand in hand. You can have new inner strength as you submit to the transformation of your inner self. And so if you feel that you're weak, that's okay. If you're struggling with fear, that's okay. But it's not okay if you don't admit it and you don't receive the grace that can deliver you from it. And that's what he's reminding the Ephesians of as he's speaking to them in this prayer. We see another aspect of God's power at work in verses 18 to 19, and that is the power of God's immeasurable love. Now, we talk about love a lot, right? And, uh, and the aspects of love. And this immeasurable love, Paul describes the width, the length, the depth, the height of God's love to show that God's love is inexhaustible. It, some of us feel like he can, well, he gives everybody else that love and I just get a wee bit. He just gives me a wee bit. Can I tell you, he gives you, he, it's inexhaustible. It's up to you. If you want it, go get it. It's there. It's, access, it's accessible. If you're, if you're just being a grumpy pants to be a grumpy pants, and you're just being unlovely to be unlovely, that's your fault. Because his love is an inexhaustible. It's, you can't measure it. And I love Psalm 103 because it says, As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love towards those who fear him. If we fear the world more than we fear God, we often will shut down the accessibility to his love. Because God's perfect love will cast out that type of fear. And so 
He's, he's really painting this picture of this inexhaustible love for you and I to tap into. It's a love that is impossible for us to grasp. And he prays that the Ephesians would be willing to measure, uh, to be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. The fullness, and the fullness here that he's speaking of, it means there's no end to your experience of receiving a love that can transform your life and your heart and your spirit and your mind and your will. He's speaking to the Ephesians saying, you're so locked into the knowledge and theology of the love of God, I'm saying it's a powerful experience that will transform the way you relate, the what you believe, how you choose to live, where you choose to go, the circumstances that you walk in and walk through. This love can conquer all those things in your life. Speaking that, he said, I want the fullness of God's love. I don't want just a drip, drip, Drip. Have ever you seen a dripping tap? A dripping tap takes a long time to fill a sink. But when you turn the tap on full, it doesn't take long for the sink to be full. Right? And that's the image of this love. Well, it's kind of like some of my favorite donuts that I shouldn't have. <laughs> but I'm going to eat right now. <laughs> Frank, one's missing. I'll get you later. So, Boston cream donuts. No, 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 this is mine. And one of the things I love about Boston creams, if they're good Boston creams, right? When they're full, they flow. And there's not a drip, drip, drip of cream. It's an overabundance, and it drips down your lip and onto your shirt, gets all over your fingers. The chocolate starts melting, and just the breathtaking experience. Are you getting it? The fullness of God, right? And so I love, and I love if, oh, this one's full. Oh, these are one, no. But they're full, look it. And they sh start dripping, come on. Show me, there we go! Well, I did a good illustration. <laughs> but that's what God is like. First of all, the fullness of God is sweet. The fullness of God is good. And the fullness of God you can't get enough of. And when you are in God, and you're moving in the power of God's immeasurable love, there's an overflowing goodness. There's an overflowing goodness of grace and love. And what? The key to their healing was their broken identity. Why? Because they weren't Jews. They were Gentiles being engrafted in. So they had this mindset they were second-rate citizens in the kingdom. And he's saying, no. 
the same love he has for his chosen people, he's now engrafted you in, and you have access to the fullness of God. Wow. Max Lucada said this, our goodness can't win God's love, nor can our badness lose it. I'm happy about that statement. But we can resist it. God loves us with an unearthly love, an immeasurable love. Max Lucado. God dwells in each person in the fullness of his love by the power and the work of his Holy Spirit. And I, I want to encourage you, because some of you just need to say, I receive your love. I accept your love. And here's a big one that I had to actually learn to do and say, I am worthy to receive your love. That's the big one. That was mine. I really had to work that through in my life. I am worthy despite my weakness, my lack of, my sin nature. I am worthy to be loved by God. Can you just say that to the person next to you? I am worthy to be loved by God. Well, wrapping this up, another way to experience God's power is God's supernatural intervention. And you'll say, where did you find that? Well, look at verse 20. Now to him who is able to do, uh-oh, immeasurably more than all we could ask or Imagine, and I know some of you, because I've talked with you, you have wild imaginations. Some of your imaginations are out of this world. (laughs) And some of you, uh, I'm encouraging you that God's saying, according to his power, that is at work where? Yeah, he's not talking about the church at this point. He's talking about the individual person who is in the body of Christ. He's saying this immeasurable, supernatural interaction you can have, I will intervene in your life. Why? Because there's principalities and powers that are going to try to thwart the purposes and the good perfect and pleasing will of God in your life. He's saying to the Ephesians, he's trying to redirect that at this moment. And I'm trying to tell you that because of the grace that dwells within you, because of the inner strength that dwells within you, because of a a humble prayer offered to the Lord, and that you understand that according to his glorious riches, you have access to every, every ounce of God's love and transforming power. He's saying that your gifts, your spiritual gifts, your spiritual prayers, they can supernaturally transform your life. We often pray for everybody else to receive. And God's saying, no, to the Ephesians, I'm asking that you pray for deliverance. I'm asking that you expect miracles. I'm asking that you Ask me for restoration of your minds and your hearts and your souls and your spirits and your relationships. I'm asking if you have a demonic oppressed spirit, I'm saying come into the presence of God and let me change your inner being through the transformation of the spirit's ability to work, to deliver, and set you free through the love of my son, Jesus Christ. That's exciting stuff. 
And he's saying to us today, now to him who is able, you can't do it. I'm able to do what I need to do in your life. It's immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work with, it's already at work. It's happening right now. And we need to knock, we need to ask, we need to believe, we need to stir our faith and say, I'm not willing to stay in this place. I need the power of God because my perspective of God is off, my perspective of myself is off, and my perspective of others is off, and my perspective of who I am in the body of Christ is off. I need my perspective to be transformed by the supernatural power of God in my life. That's what he's asking them to do. So we stand here today and we're being encouraged to develop and maintain God's perspective on who we are as we experience his power in our life. I want to challenge you today that if your perspective is off, I'm challenging you to tap in through the power of humble prayer. I'm asking you to tap in to the inner strength of God's grace already in you. I'm asking you to believe that the immeasurable love of Christ is for you and not against you. And I'm asking, I'm challenging you to go to your prayer closets and say, God, I'm open to the supernatural transformation power of the Spirit of the living God in my life right now, at this hour, in this circumstance. I won't settle for anything else but that. Can you do that? I'm challenging you to do that this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just are so blessed that you are challenging us this morning. You're encouraging us to have a God perspective on our lives as we experience your power through humble prayer, as we experience a new inner strength through your grace, as we as we experience your power through this immeasurable, inexhaustible love you have for us. And Lord, that, there, that those who need supernatural intervention right now, at this hour, as they're sitting here, let the power of God, let the power of the Spirit, and let the power of Christ's love transform them from glory to glory, we pray. Amen. We're going to open up the altar for prayer. And if you need encouragement and prayer, we're here for you. Have a great day. And remember, you can experience the power of God in your life. And he wants to change your perspective regarding it. God bless. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at joycc.info.